0: All right, welcome into to the Autzen Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Uh, Eric Scopel is not on the podcast today, but instead we have a guest uh, on the show, Dwayne Benjamin, former Oregon Duck men's basketball player, current member of the team, always us basketball squad, who will be competing in the TBT basketball tournament later this year. Dwayne, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, man.
0: So how did you get involved in the TBT? Because I've heard in this Always Us team, um, I've heard that there was a team almost created last year. Uh, and But this year, things kind of really fell into place. How, how did you get involved in this TBT team?
1: Um this year, uh, the team that was supposed to happen before I actually tried to start one up myself, and we got you know we got a lot of a great backing from the TBT people and they you know they pushed us, but it just didn't happen. but this time some uh more people got involved, Robbie Ellis, you know um Minigan, things like that, and now it's actually you know legit, so they just kind of called me and asked me to be involved with it and I was all for it, of course.
0: What's the attraction? If you were to explain this to a family member or uh, a Duck fan who maybe isn't 100% familiar with what the TBT tournament is, how would you best describe it? Because I I think this is an awesome tournament that's been going on now for five or six years. But from an Oregon perspective, this is the first time there's going to be an an Oregon-centric team.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for us personally, as far as like um, Oregon fans and Oregon players, it's going to be a chance to see guys that you might not have seen in a long time. You know, some some fans, favorite players don't play on TV out here like they didn't make it to the NBA like some others did. So you don't really get to watch them play in Europe and and things like that. So now it's just a, you know, just a chance to catch up like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy and, you know, just see how he's doing and. It's a lot of media interaction, like we're doing, you know, to catch up on people and and stuff like that. It's really, it's really a good tournament to live out, you know, I'm saying, older college days. Really, right? Get to play with a couple old teammates like me, myself, and J- like Jaleel and Casey, Joe. I-, I never played with those guys since we played at Oregon, so that'd be a good time, you know, just to catch up, see how our game develop and just, you know, I'm saying, see how time is treated. It's really.
0: Yeah, it kind of creates like some some kind of like super teams, if you will, from like schools all across the country. Um, Dwayne, you, you'd have the opportunity to to play with a Paul White or an LJ Figueroa um, or a Shakur Justin guys that came after you for, through the Oregon mm-hmm. program that people were like, oh, I wonder if this guy was with this guy on this
1: team and it'd be creating yeah, exactly. some, some cool – you know, It makes a lot of good scenarios, So you know, a lot of good what-ifs. Exactly.
0: And, uh, it's a winner take all tournament. Am I right? $1 million for the the team that wins the tournament. Yes. So there's obviously a lot on the line for these guys. Uh, Dwayne mentioned it a couple of the guys, Casey Benson, Jonathan Lloyd, Joe Young, Jalil Abdul Bassett, uh, also on this team and, um, Elijah Brown and Mikhail McIntosh, two other guys that I didn't list off are on this team. Um, What's it mean to you personally to get an opportunity to represent Oregon another time? Because usually senior day happens, you're, or you make the tournament like you did, and if, if you get knocked out or if you win, there's a point in time in your career where, like I'm never putting this green and yellow Oregon jersey on again, and this gives you kind of an opportunity to kind of do that.
1: And, and that's one of the best things, I think, for guys like, like myself maybe, you know, a couple guys just got done maybe last year, two years ago, so it takes some, some little time that when it hits you, then you know that you'll never, you know, play in college again and more specific for myself, like like you said, play at Oregon again and this just kind of give me, a, you know, just another chance just to represent Eugene. Like, Oregon was the two, two of the better years of my life, so just to go ahead and, like I say, reminisce on that and try to, you know, fight for us and show people, you know, I said what Oregon basketball is, how we came up so much now as a powerhouse, and just to show, like, as pros, we, we're we still the same, you know, and represent Oregon.
0: For sure. From a from a roster makeup perspective, you've got Josh Jamison, Oregon's current director of basketball operations. He'll be serving as the head coach, uh, two former managers for the program, Robbie Ellis and Brian O'Reilly, our GM and assistant GM. Um, do you guys – will you guys return to Eugene for like a mini camp or a kind of, how do you guys get yourself ready for this tournament in, in, in July and August?
1: Um, we're actually going to have a, a week before one week before we go out to where we're planning out. I, I forgot exactly, but I, I think we know already, I'm not sure we know hundred percent, but I think we have an idea. Sure. But a week, a week before we go out there, we're going to have a one week mini camp in Eugene
0: Oh, that's very cool. So you get a, you'll get to use the facilities and and really just hone in yourself and get and get your, this team dialed in. Yeah,
1: just just get you know, so like you said, just get used to each other and and stuff like that, and also have a game plan for going in. You know, at Oregon, we always got to have know every detail and go through. You know, <laughs> how we're gonna go plan and attacking, and we're gonna treat this the same way. It's just another chance to, like you say, play for Oregon, and we're taking it that way.
0: Not to get too into X's and O's, and we also don't want to give away some of your guys' strategy, but how how familiar will your style of play be to when you play it at Oregon? Is it is it gonna be a just a, a you know the same,
1: the I would think the exact same thing. So we all at the Oregon, yeah, we all know what to expect. We're all in our prime athletic, and you know, we're gonna run and we all know the game a little bit better now. Sure. So it might not be as Maybe not as controlled, but it's still gonna be up and down. I'm sure we're gonna press. I'm sure we're gonna just play the way Oregon plays basketball.
0: Right. Um, how would you view the the end goal of this as a success? Obviously, you guys want to win the tournament and, and that's the ultimate way to win, but how do you how do you judge success? Is it, hey, we're coming for the title? We expect a title, or what what's the the mindset for you guys going into this?
1: Um Honestly, I think our mindset is we, we, when you put together a group of guys like, like we have and we all know we can play basketball, our aim is to win it. But I think the, the bigger thing is just play as many games as we can so the fans can see us play again. Right. You know, just represent Oregon as best as we can on a, on a big stage right now when it won't be a lot of basketball played on TV at that time. Sure. So there's got to be a lot of eyes on that. Just bring, you know, some more light to the program maybe a a younger guy that's in high school that's watching be like, oh, I want to be a part of that and go to Oregon because of, you know, just, just represent Oregon the best as we can really. And if we so happen to win it, they'll be fine. But that is the ultimate goal is to go out there and try Mm -hmm. to win every time we step on the court.
0: Sure. So let's, let's focus more so on you now here a little bit. Um, When you finished up your time at Oregon uh, after that 15, 16 season, which ended in the Elite Eight. Um, what's been your basketball journey since that point? Where, have, where has basketball taken you?
1: Um, I've been in uh, my rookie year. I started off in Denmark, played a couple months there and went to Australia. I've been um, in Macedonia, then uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia. And then last, well, I was in Macedonia one more time and then last I finished in, in Mexico before COVID. And since COVID, I kind of just been just took a step back and just been training and stuff like that.
0: Every kid's aspiration is to, to make it to the NBA. But I got to imagine basketball has taken you all over the world. And that still has to be – well, it's not at the NBA level. That's almost got to be equally as fulfilling because it's taking you places maybe – I never would have thought of going to some of those places in, in the world and experiencing those cultures. How would you you know, describe just your basketball journey so far and, and the, the level of fulfillment and joy it's brought you?
1: Uh, it's, it's a blessing. Like I, I've never been to a lot of people. I've started playing basketball late, so I've never been the one like, oh, I got to make it to the NBA or or I failed or such and such. My whole dream was to get paid to play basketball. And I mean, being from Louisiana, I never thought I'd be in, like I said, in Denmark and and have people out there know who I am and love me and come to the game just to watch me. So my journey has been blessed. Like I, I, I've loved every moment of it, the bad moments, the good moments. I've I've never regretted anything. So, you know, and I credit a lot of that to going to Oregon that, to give me that opportunity. So I, I've loved every second of my journey. Sure.
0: What's been the the maybe the coolest or craziest arena atmosphere you've played in at the pro level.
1: Um, I I played in uh, my rookie year. I was in uh, Denmark. We played in a champions league. That was the first uh, year that that league was there. We played against a team in uh, Greece called Iris and, and the fans that was crazy. It was, it was, it was like nothing I've seen before or after. So it, it was, that was the, that was like the, Oh, I'm a pro basketball. This means a lot. Like, right? Europeans I, are very cultural. Like when it comes to basketball, they love it.
0: I've, is that one of the the leagues or the the areas where you know they're they're like letting off smoke bombs and in, in the in the arena yes, and whatnot? They
1: have uh, road flares and stuff like that, like popping firecrackers in the arena and stuff like that. That's gotta be, I mean, that's
0: so foreign to an to an American. Like that's gotta kind of be like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, I have been in, like I said, Macedonia is the country that's right next to Greece. And and it's kind of the same. They really care. It's like the team is in that, is in that city, and everybody in that city is for that team. And they you can just tell a passion. Like it might sound crazy, but once you're in it, you can really just like understand how important it is to them.
0: What, what's been the the dish you know f- a food that you maybe didn't think you'd like but your tour across the world has made you man I gotta find more of this back home or I gotta figure out how to cook it because i ga- I gotta have it it was so good whenever I was at that spot
1: uh, i'm I'm really not sure that the name of it but um it's just a it's just a fish with the head on it like a whole fish uh-huh. I would never I would never thought that I would ever you know even Order it, let alone eat it. But I used to eat it all the time. I like it. So,
0: biggest adjustment from from going to college to to getting into this pro circuit that you're in and uh, playing overseas. What's what was been the? It could be a on the court or maybe off the court. What what was what's been the biggest adjustment for you?
1: On the court is not really. It wasn't really a big adjustment because, like I say, um, I always said it, Coach. is one of the greatest coaches ever so he kind of put us in a lot of different situations and practices and stuff like that so on the court it wasn't really a big adjustment but the coming from Oregon you know we're flying and and stuff like that to in Europe they we ride buses a lot right for a long time and then we get there and then we play in games so my biggest adjustment will be that the travel as far as going from one country to the next country and then back and playing like four games a week and stuff like that. That that would be the biggest adjustment I had to make.
0: So I feel like you've kind of experienced both spectrums. And one of the things that's coming up right now for high school players is do you go to college or do you go G league or do you, do you go play overseas for a year before declaring for the draft? Like, and I, I, as someone that's played at a high level college program and has played overseas, are they equals in terms of preparing you for the next level? Or, or is there one side that you could argue like, hey, like there's still a ton of value in choosing to go the, the college route over the, the, the G League or overseas route?
1: Uh, honestly, I think it's more of a, of a personal thing. Right. As far as like each individual has to weigh different options. But as far as getting you prepared for me, I would say it was a good thing that I did go to college because it helped me mature enough to handle a lot of the bad things that happened in Europe. Right. As far as playing basketball. And it's like I said, it's some of that passion, like a lot of people coming at you and, you know, some coaches don't really speak that good of English and you need a translator. And it's like, it's like a big culture shock. Right. Some people won't. Some people won't react to that the same way, and that can mess them up as far as playing on the court. You know, mentally is, it's draining. So um, being home, being away from home for ten months of, and not really knowing a lot, that can be different for some people. And like I say, some kids' school is not. It's not easy for them. It right. doesn't come as fast to some kids. So maybe for them, it'll be better just get one year of kind of like learning how to live on your own and start preparing to be a pro if you're a high ranking kid. So I can, I can say each decision will, I'm not against either one, but I'm happy. I did go to college. Sure.
0: Sure. You brought up the language barrier. Um, I think most leagues overseas have caps of how many Americans they can have on their team. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? I mean, have, have you picked up multiple languages now?
1: Uh, no, I, I get I get a few words. Obviously, a, a couple of funny words, a couple of bad words from <laughs> my teammates trying to get me in trouble. But I, I, I can't say I, I know full languages. But I, I picked up on some things to where if I hear it, I can kind of understand what they're talking about if they slow it down a little bit.
0: Sure, sure. Ref- reflecting back at your time at Oregon, you've obviously spoken highly multiple times on this show um, about Oregon. Just what stands out about the the time that you spend in Eugene and on the court and off the court?
1: Honestly, the biggest thing with me is the, the people and the fans of Oregon, the way, the way they just represent everywhere and the way they just show love is, it just makes me like, you know, I want to show it back. And that's why I do. That's why I speak so highly of Oregon, because when I was there, they they thought so highly of us and they were, they was there for us, you know, cheering every game and, seeing us in public, you know, just made me feel like I was special, like I was doing something right. So right. I just try to, you know, reciprocate that love back.
0: Was it hard for you to to keep track of Oregon hoops after leaving and playing overseas in the time zones or, or were you able to keep an eye on it? Maybe not watch every minute of every game, but were you keeping track of what was going on at, at Oregon post your career?
1: Like, like I said, the people, it's not just people in America, it's people everywhere. When I was in Denmark, they actually had an a, um, a Oregon fan base in Denmark. Really? Uh, on a Facebook, and they would, like, they would, like, send me updates of the game, and, and they would go and watch the games and stuff like that. Like, in Australia, my teammates in Australia would record the games at their house, and we would go and watch it. And if the games is like six, six, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., something like that, then we would actually wake up and we will watch it together, you know, as my team. And when we made that that big run, you know, Jordan and all those guys went to the final four. I, I, everybody on my team was Oregon fans. Right. That's awesome. So I've, I've kept up ever since I left, you know, because I, like I say, we're we a family and I've tried to help, you know, get guys to go to Oregon. Like I knew Shakira. Uh, I worked out with him a couple of times in uh, in Vegas, and I was happy when he went to Oregon. So you know, what I'm saying stuff like that is I, I've been keeping up ever since I left.
0: Has it grown to a point where you're you're you have a sense of pride? And I helped build the program to where it's at. Because now, um, when when you showed up, it wasn't viewed as a school that no matter who left the previous year, Oregon. Is going to be a top twenty team, top fifteen team. It's got that reputation now. Um, is there a sense of pride where, hey, I helped build this and helped develop this culture at Oregon, where it doesn't matter who they lose, they're going to be a, one of the best teams in the country?
1: Of course, it's one of the, one of the proudest things I did. You know, uh, I love it, and it's even better when when other people said. And you know, they have they had a lot of teams before us, a lot of good teams. And they're gonna have a lot of good teams afterwards. But I think this consistency that's been going on since, you know, since maybe since the year before I got there to, you know, what I'm saying still going on now. And it's really credit to Coach Altman and the coaches before. But the consistency now is it's amazing to see. Just to see like Oregon is, you know, is pretty much been known as a football school. We always went in track, but now to be, you know, to help put the basketball program on that level is, is is amazing really
0: for sure um well last question i got for you is just how can duck fans support this tpt team this year is there anything that they can do to help you guys get to your goal of getting to the tpt tournament and making a run
1: um yeah go on uh instagram and follow team always us they have a couple uh they have a shop with a couple shirts and, and some jackets and stuff. Just, you know, support us and support uh, Oregon and just watch when we we'll be playing on ESPN. We'll make sure to put out when we play and all type of things like that. And maybe during the one week of uh, training that we're doing, we might might have something open for the fans. I'm not sure. But um maybe something like that, a meet and greet or or something like that so we can interact with you guys one time before we leave and just catch up.
0: That is Dwayne Benjamin. He's playing for Team Always Us in the TPT tournament. Dwayne, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, and good luck uh, in this tournament.
1: Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Citizen Sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids.
1: A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders.
0: There's plenty of places to hide a weapon.
1: And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where
0: is a roommate. It yeah. is
1: a huge night. the truth
0: from you.
1: Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.